And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's a new day, yes it is Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome To Wild and Crazy Eyes The Athletic presents Hogan Johns Hogan for the win Put in another We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed important piece is we're going to take the north and never give it back from chgl it's adam Hope. i don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild but you definitely have to retool your roster and from the athletic it's adam johns hey what's up flus and we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep every single game anyway uh who cares now here they are the adams what's Hope up johns. welcome in hogue and johns with you as we Put a bow on the Bears' loss to the Giants. Turn the page to Week 5 and a uh, pretty decent Minnesota Vikings team. What's up, Johnsy? I don't know about you, Mr. Hogue, but I, I managed to accomplish something special, I think, with my coverage of the Giants game. I was not only too soft on Justin Fields, but too hard on Justin Fields for oh. what I was saying about them. So, angering both sides. You know what I've learned like over the years? When you when you get that type of response, it means you did it right. Yes. 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 Right down the middle, fair and balanced, or something like that. I think he sucks. No, I'm just kidding. That's just... <laughs> no. Uh, we that roller coaster you're riding, man. Going yeah. down that dip again, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I'm actually... Uh, no, it, it, this would be like uh, one of those um, like little bumps... In the roller coaster, like that, you just go over for a second. Those super fun ones. I don't know if this is super fun, but uh, anyway, welcome in. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. You can read all of Johnsy's uh, coverage. It'll either make you very, very angry or very, very happy at theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. I am at allchgo.com, and uh, we'll have the Bear Things newsletter drop tomorrow morning. If you want to sign up for that, make sure you have a membership at allchgo.com. We'll get to our likes and dislikes from this game, um, some cool stats that we have. I have to ask Johnsy about something he tweeted yesterday because it made me very, 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 very confused. Um, I'm eager to get to our voicemails, though. I think I think our listeners are eager to hear them too because I was getting tweets about them post game and how people couldn't wait to. Hear. I think it's the only thing people look forward to after the Bears lose. <laughs> you know they're going to be good when it fills up fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, here they are, the voicemails from the Bears' loss to the New York Giants. Hello. Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know. Your ass better call somebody. Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. 
Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hoggy Cat, John Zipid, Bob Dabrowski calling in here from the Meadowlands. Boys, we got the second city versus America's landfill, a.k.a. New York City. You know what that we call that? Boys, that's a blood war. Blood war, Bears versus Giants. Justin Fields going to throw for a staggering 170 yards plus amazing football. Let's go, Chicago Bears. I'll check in later. Bears, uh, 51 for Dick Buckus to zero. Let's go, Bears. Chicago Bears Super Bowl. What the hell, Getsy? Third and three, just outside the five-yard line, and you decide to run it up the middle, fake the handoff, roll Justin Fields out to the right or the left, have a tie down, break out, and run parallel with the freaking goal line for a touchdown. Guess who, you freaking moron! Hey guys, uh, I'm uh, actually in the other room from the TV, uh, just listening to the announcers. Sounds like Justin Fields is playing really well. They say we're opening up the passing game, and and uh, he's really he's really looking sharp. Oh wait, oh that's that's not at all what's happening, and uh, he's missing throws and not com- doing uh, solid play action. Oh, I, I'm I'm confused because what the announcers are saying is not at all what's happening on the field. This is horrible. What are we doing? Fields needs to get better right away. Oh my goodness. Baby steps are annoying because they're only babies. Right. Fields is developing. He's better than last game, but we gotta win this one, boys. Right out. Hogan John, tough watching this game. So the first half. Looks like they're trying to get Justin Fields hurt. Are you sure we signed Badgerly and not Daniel Jones to the team? But looks like I'm gonna have time here during the half halftime break to have a pulled pork sandwich and a brewski. So Keep the faith and bear down. Second half adjustments. Here we go. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Jackson with interception. Jay from Connecticut. Now, offense. Can we just, like, maybe score a touchdown today? That'd be great. Thanks. Well, it's another Sunday tradition. Calling in on the voicemail line to bitch about a team. That just sucks. Bayless Jones Jr. loses the ball in a spot that you just can never lose the ball. I mean, not that you can never lose the ball, but I'm looking in, suing. Chicago Bears. This team has taken off more years of my life than I could frankly care to admit. The fact that we have lost to the New York Giants in a game where we don't even score a touchdown, Matt Nagy was not this bad. That's all I'll say. Man, it's just so depressing to watch the offense play right now, man. Like, there is nothing to show that there's been any sort of improvement from from last year to last year's game. It's just bad. It's just bad. At least Brisker's good, though. I want to like this team so much. I really do. But we still stink. And it looks like it's not going to get any better. We can't beat the Giants. They're not a good team. I don't think we're going to be able to beat that many teams in the league. It is what it is. We knew this team was going to stink, but God, man, it's still depressing. Two and two, baby. The Chicago Bears. And just in absolutely disgusting fashion, too. I mean, we just let Daniel Jones run the ball right down our throat along with Saquon Barkley. Our defense finally makes the adjustments, but way too late. And the offense, well, you all know how the offense looks. I mean, you just have to go back and watch week one, two, three, and eh, maybe week one through 17 of last year as well. I mean, shit, I don't really know if it gets any different. 
I guess the offense sucked. Like, that's almost like a foregone conclusion at this point. But how do you get zero sacks against this makeshift line? You, They have one proven offensive weapon coming in the game. They run for almost as many yards as we had against the Texans. And they literally just do not understand gap discipline. This is the first game all year where we had literally no adjustments. Hey, Bears fans. B-Man here. We got to get Justin some help. Let's get a dub next week. Bear down. All good, Gap. John Z. Babe. Bob Dabrowski here calling in from America's trash can. Uh, Bears just lost an extremely, extremely disappointing game. It's disappointing that they kick a field goal three times from inside their own 20. It's disappointing that they punt down eight with three minutes to go. It's disappointing that they continue to play football in a time machine. But it is most disappointing that they did not score a touchdown on that lateral play and have the opportunity to play it safe and kick an extra point. Uh, Well, at least Vilas Jones is healthy. Oh, at least we have Bob, right? You know? I feel bad for B-Man. B-Man's staying positive, man. No, he sounded a little sad there. Yeah, but he was optimistic. He's like, let's just help Justin and, you know, get one next week. Oh, I feel bad for B-Man. Uh, th- did you understand what Bob said there at the end? <laughs> Score a touchdown, then just kick the extra point? <laughs> well, taking the, 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 the close loss. <laughs> right. You know, just to be completely conservative. When you need a two-point conversion, just kick the extra point. Take the loss. Mm. Nah, <sighs> those were uh, those were more depressing than angry. Like, have we already reached that stage? I think so. When your oh. quarterback is scrambling for his dear life, and when he does have protection, he's missing throws. It's uh it's all a problem. Also, there was one voicemail in there I could not understand a single word. <laughs> I don't know what was going on with that phone, but could not understand a single word. All right, well, you know, at least we have the voicemails. And Bob. And Bob. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Doesn't this just feel like a season that might get bad? Yes. They lost to the Giants. I know the Giants are 3-1, and one, but I think we can all agree they are vastly overachieving. Yes. That team's not that good. They didn't even have a quarterback in the fourth quarter, basically. They didn't at all. They ran the Wildcat with one of the best players in the game, but still without a quarterback. It was honestly disturbing going back and watching that defensive film. How even late in the game, the eye discipline was so bad. Like just having no clue where the football was. And and there's only... I think the coaches were slow to adjust, but at some point the coaches can't do anything if the players are just not going to figure it out. Like you have to, you have to take some ownership as a player to yeah. figure it out and fix your eyes. It, it and it was just that was in, like honestly really. It, it's great that they didn't allow a touchdown in the second half, but I'm attributing that to them playing the Giants, who didn't have a quarterback in the fourth quarter. I mean, it wasn't good. Well, that's a trend of four four games in a row, but the, the tackling was subpar again. The Giants seemed extremely committed to grounding out that victory, too, by the end of it. Is that a beer? Or is that the, the new water sponsor? That is the new water they sponsor. They want you to think it is beer. No, it's just water in a can. Liquid I would love death. for you to bring that to Hallis Hall in the media room and just start drinking it in the front row. Like uh, during a press conference? Yes. Yes. Maybe I could do it during the um, what's become the uh, pop. Yeah, bit. forget the pop bit. Can we stop with that? Enough with the pop bit with Lucchetti. Can we do? I'm, I'm not going to name names, but that's pretty much two people in the media room that find it funny that keep doing it every week. Oh, can we do the liquid death bit? <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is a better bit. You know, yes. pretend that you're drinking beer. Yes. And then it's really just water. This is this is good, by the way. In a can, it's it just tastes. It's just colder. It feels colder. Just like beer in a can. Like a beer. Yeah. So, um, and the reason why it's called Liquid Death, by the way, you've heard our ads, because they're they're trying to kill plastic. Because it's not as recyclable as you think it is. Um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. You tweeted a graphic from ESPN yesterday. Mm-hmm. It said, looked up ESPN's pass block win rates, rate stats, sorry, Pass block win rate stats heading into week four. And it has Sam Mustafer at the top with 100%. Yes, it did. Do you okay. want to know where he is right now on that list right now? Well, yeah, that's, that's why I want to clarify. So this did not include the Giants game. Yes, heading into week four, everybody. Keywords, heading into week four. Okay. <laughs> not including week four, but heading into the week four slate of games. That's what it means. All right. do, do you want to know where he is on that list right now? Yes. He's not on it. <laughs> okay. So we went from number one to out of the top 10. What's the percentage now? I don't have the full percentages. You'll have to ask Courtney Cronin for that. Oh, because he's not on the graphic anymore? He's not on the graphic anymore. Yeah. He was is not out a good of game. the graphic. Yes. was not a good game for 67. He allowed... 
according to True Media, which logs all the pro football focused data and whatever, criticize it if you want. We do all the time, but I think the eye test matches the stats here. So heading into, that means before week four, Sam Mustafer had allowed two pressures and one hurry and one hit. I, look, how they break up pressures and hurries, that's on pro football focus. But against the Giants, he allowed one sack, four pressures, four hurries, and one QB hit. By far his worst performance of the year. By far. I found it interesting that Matt Eberflus came out so quickly yesterday. I think it was in his opening statement and was like, and this is the offensive line we're going to go with going forward. Right after talking about Cody Whitehair being out. Here's a guy who won't tell us anything about who's ever playing, and he's just like, this is our offensive line. I, I'm 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 just it, it I'm 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 wondering if he's lying. Okay. On purpose. Just to throw off the Vikings. Where would you make the change? Because Alex Leatherwood is not ready, everybody. He's still out. We have not seen him practice for a long time because of mono, I believe. Yeah. So your option here is what? Schofield. Michael Schofield at left guard and Lucas Patrick at center. Which I'm not saying that's any better, but... Because Schofield really wasn't all that um, Okay, he gave up one bad sack in the preseason to Chris Jones. (laughs) Yeah. One of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, But it... Yeah, but I I don't think the Bears made that quick switch just based on that. Well, I think it was a part of it. It was awful. Sure. Well, they got to figure out a way to... Here's the thing. I I know a lot of Bears fans like to pick on Sam Mosfer. He is better than what we saw Sunday. But... I don't think Lucas Patrick's been... I don't think Lucas Patrick's been that good either. Uh, No, he is not. No, he is not. I'm going to say something in defense of Sam Mosfer just for a little bit which is kind of outrageous. I get it at this point. But the guy wasn't expected to be your starting center this year. He wasn't. He was supposed to be like your inside rotational backup guy. Because of Lucas Patrick's hand injury, he's thrown in the center, and he does better than expected for the Bears. Mm -hmm. The Giants game was awful. Awful for him. He'll tell you that. But just given the context of... Where are you supposed to be heading into this season? I think you take the first three games as a positive. Big step back in the fourth, but in the general context of things, not too bad from Sam Mustafer. I just be, it's, I kind of had to catch myself yesterday of being too critical of Justin Fields for sometimes running into pressure when he could have just stayed in the pocket. He did that again, yes. Because, and there's two specific plays I can remember where he basically had all day if he just stays right there. But that's easy for me to say when basically the rest of the game, the Bears offensive line keeps continually allowing interior pressure. So that's hard to blame him for like 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, okay, I got to go. When really he didn't have to on those couple plays, but... When the whole game, you're getting guys coming up the middle in your face, and that's like the worst place to get pressure. 
is interior pressure, then, you know, it's hard for me to be too critical on that. You posed that question to Matt Eberflus yesterday, and I thought he had an interesting response. I'm going to read it. And I quote, this is Matt Eberflus, I think it's just pocket presence as he gets more experience. He did a nice job of riding the pocket a couple of times, staying in there and delivering the ball for sure. We talked about those plays. That's just more experience. More experience on the job, and he's going to get better at it. You think he gave his offensive line kind of a free pass there? Um, well, I thought there was a couple moments in that press conference yesterday where Matt Eberflus was kind of saying, yo, we get it that it's not perfect. Figure it out, quarterback. The four vertical play over the middle yeah. to Darnell Mooney? Yeah. Which kind of gets me to the... Uh, the things we like and don't like. All right. The thing I liked um, about what Matt Eberflus had to say about that play. And if you're, if you, this is the one that's been on Twitter, I posted the video last night too, the all 22 version of it. Um, where, where Justin Fields gets a first down on third and 10 with his legs. He, he manages to make a play, but you could see it even on the TV copy that Darnell Mooney came open uh, up the seam and probably could have been a touchdown. Now, what was interesting is both Darnell Mooney and Matt Eberflus said yesterday that Mooney kind of ran the wrong route, that he was supposed to bend it across the formation, not go straight vertical. But Eberflus also acknowledged that Justin had time to stay in the pocket, ride up in the pocket and get his eyes downfield to Mooney. So, that's what I was going to say I like. Not every play in the NFL is going to be perfect. In fact, most plays are not going to be perfect. Something's going to break down somewhere. And the good quarterbacks are able to adjust and still turn something out of it. Okay? So I liked that Matt Eberflus said that. It was basically like, look, man, figure it out. <laughs> your, your guy's not going to run the right route every time. You had time. Get him the ball. Yeah. What I didn't like, though, was what he also said, Matt Eberflus. Fields decided to take it because we were telling him to take the check down or run when they're in that defense. Two eye safeties. So you're coaching him to not have his eyes downfield is what you're saying. If they're in that defense, look at the check down or run. So it's hard, again, it's hard for me to get too upset with Justin when he admits in the same answer that they're coaching him not to have his eyes downfield on that play. The early part of Matt Eberflus's answer on that felt like what Matt Nagy once said about Mitch Trubisky, where you have to adjust your throw, not just throwing to places which they want quarterbacks to do, but... Adjust to what you're seeing, like on the fly. Remember that? It yes. became a criticism from Nagy of where Trubisky was p- placing the ball. Where things happen within the play, within the coverage, that change where you should go with things, right? Like kind of on the fly. Patrick Mahomes is exceptional at, at doing this, right? Just kind of being like a superstar in backyard football. But doing that within the play and where your eyes are supposed to go. 
That's what that felt like. I'll give you something I liked. I like that Darnell Mooney continues to be detailed with his answers to provide us context of why things don't work. Yes. Like that first and 10 play from the 12 where he gave us an extremely detailed answer about how he did the wrong thing. How he chipped when he wasn't supposed to chip. How he was supposed to be one of the first reads for Justin Fields on that play. And that play turned out to be a sack on Justin Fields. Now I would say, and I wrote this in my takeaways, that that one mistake turned into another mistake when Justin Fields didn't let the ball out to the flat to Cole Komet, who was open. May not be a touchdown, but I'll take five or six yards over a two-yard loss. I think everybody would. Another sack, another hit on your quarterback. Have to get the ball out. I appreciate that from Darnell Mooney. Uh, what I what I don't like, um, and correct me if it, if you think I'm going somewhere with this that, that, that I shouldn't. Like Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields both seem to take. I don't want to sh- say a shot, maybe unnecessary criticism of Eddie Jackson's decision to make the interception. Like they both said that like Eddie made the interception and they got pinned down there afterwards and that became a tough tough set of circumstances for him afterwards and that's why the offense didn't work. Yeah. That was first down. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. It's not like it's uh, some third down heave down, down the field. That was, let me get this right. Where was that interception? I'll also, you- where they were at, like, yeah, what was the yard line that that play was run? It was a, it was like a sixty something yard punt essentially. But so the the Bears take over on their four. I, I hear what they're saying. I, I understand it, but in Jackson's defense, it's first and ten from the Giants thirty five. They take a shot. He goes up and gets it. He's probably thinking he's got some space if he could break that tackle. Now he doesn't break that tackle. He gets tackled at the four. They're backed up. But don't tell like one of your best players this season not to go make a play. I don't, and again, they weren't doing that, but Fields mentioned it after the game, and, and Darnell Mooney brought it up uh, on Monday as well. And I just thought that was curious. We'll call it curious criticism of a, a big play by one of your better defenders this season. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, really, unless it's fourth down, like he's made, you tell him to make the interception. I don't. And you know, if it's fourth down, sure, knock it down, right? Then you're losing a ton of field position. But yeah, I don't know. That one's. And as someone who's covered Eddie Jackson's full career, if he breaks that tackle, which Eddie Jackson surely is thinking he can do, he is dynamic with that ball in his hands. Yeah. We've seen what he can do. You know, he's thinking about it too. Jaquan Brisker loved that play, by the way. He would tell you that not many safeties can make that play. And I happen to agree with him. That was a great, I mean, that was a great interception. And Eddie Jackson. I mean, the, the amount of yards that he covered to track that ball. Eddie Jackson had another good game, by the way. Yeah. He, he I'll had, mark that down as a like. Like, I liked Eddie Jackson's performance. And I like Michael Badgley's performance. Stepping in, making four field goals. Getting a nice thank you and a tweet from Ryan Poles as well for his effort. And a goodbye card, too. Thanks for your service. You, goodbye. Yeah. The tweet from Ryan Poles. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll, um, 
I don't know. He'll probably get another opportunity with some other team at some point this season. You'd think. After that performance, I would think whoever needs a kicker next will will give him a call. Um, but it is it is very bears. I'm sorry to say to have an emergency kicker come in, score all of your points, <laughs> and then be sent packing. Up is Monday. that your second dislike? Actually, I think I like that. That's, like I just oh, I, like the very bear situation. I, I'm just entertained by it. That is a bears thing that happens. My second dislike is the um, I'm gonna put this. So I I'll be doing the all 22 film review for our bears coverage this week, and we're getting to that Mooney play, the deep shot uh, scramble, and the. Like your middle linebacker, Nicholas Morrow, who's been all right. I mentioned this uh, on, on Mon- uh, Monday, not on Sunday. Like He's got to make that tackle on Saquon Barkley. He's got to make more tackles before the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I haven't been that impressed. No? Nope. He had that great screen breakup against the Texans. This has been his this, – I mean, this was a bad game it was. for him. It, it was not good um, overall. Let's see here. He's been fine. He actually had two pretty decent games. Before this week, he had been, okay, he had been grading out as a starter for me. I didn't think he played that well against the Packers either. But it was fine in the two wins against the 49ers and Texans. But this was a bad game for him, in my opinion. The I know there wasn't many opportunities. And as you mentioned, there seemed to be an overcommitment to stopping Saquon Barkley. Going back to your eyes comment. But the pass rush, or, or lack thereof, from the Bears' defensive line, it's a problem. Yes. It's a problem. I'm going through. This is the stat sheet, everybody, from uh, if you're watching in YouTube. It's the longer version of the game. I want to point out, though, that I think Justin Jones has been playing okay. Yes. Yes. I think he's been pretty solid. The problem is he's not getting much help. He had two quarterback hits, and he, let's go back to the ESPN uh, pass block win rate stuff. And amongst and run stops, he's ranked ninth amongst defensive tackles. And where is he here? Let's see if I can find it. No, he was he, he was better ranked with his pass rush. I think going into this game, I don't well, there wasn't much to, of a pass rush at all. No, no, there wasn't so. a lot of opportunities. Daniel Jones, what did he attempt? By the end of it, it's only thirteen attempts, eight completions, seventy-one yards. Windy day, wanted to beat the Bears on the ground. Well, look, it, this was that was one of the areas going into this game where you had a team, the Giants, that could not rush the passer. passer and we're giving up sacks at a, an alarming rate. So you couldn't come into New, New York and be like, oh, we're going to give up six sacks and we're only going to get one. You're not going to win that football game. You you you, you should have been... Do- I, I actually think that this is one of the more concerning areas for this defense going forward the rest of the season. I'm, I'm struggling to see how it's going to change. Um... 
And I would argue that they either they're not seeing much from Dominique Robinson and Travis Gibson at this point. But for me, Al Quadi Muhammad's on the field too much for a guy who's not really producing. And was frequently one of the people who had his eyes in the wrong place, in my opinion. And he's Sunday. supposed to be Iberflus's guy. Yeah. I just pulled up his uh, his game logs from True Media. Oh, just lost it. Want to hear what his his production is this season? Alquadi Muhammad. Yes. Go ahead. Nothing. What? There is nothing. There's just nothing. I'm not lying. There is no hits, no hurries. Why does it wow. keep doing that? Hold on. Here it is. There are. Okay, stand corrected. Sorry, it just updated. I was gonna say there's got to be at least something. Yes, yes, yes. It kicked in. Sorry. So I stand corrected. Yeah, a pressure and one hurry against the Giants. His best performance was against the Texans with four pressures, four hurries. But you're right. There's no. There's no sacks. No. And and I did have I had that reflected. He played like a in my opinion, he played like a starter against the Texans. Um, other than that, though, during the course of the season, you know, a bunch of players that just kind of hover around zero in my grading system, which just basically means you're a reserve player who could be replaced. That's basically where he is. But he keeps and and, and now we're four games into the season and there's a couple areas where I'm starting to question the playing time, Johns. Okay? This is one of them. You're supposed to be a young team about development. Like, get Travis Gibson going more. Get Dominique Robinson going more. You're not getting anything from Elkwadi Muhammad right now. I get that he's like your, you know, the coaches love him or whatever from what he did before, but you know, you need some production. By the way, Robert Quinn's not getting the job done either. No, he finished that game with one assisted tackle and one quarterback hit, I believe. Like I, I, I'm okay. He had a bad matchup against Laramie Tunsil last week. Who's playing, you know, some of the best left tackle in the NFL right now. I understand that, but this was a week where he should have dominated and he didn't do much in this game either. Um, in fact, another zero I have down Robert Quinn in this game. And then the same thing on the offensive line. You know, I don't know why it took a Cody Whitehair injury to get Tevin Jenkins on the field more. And, 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 and obviously, there's something else going on there that they don't like off the field. You know, they, they had the issue with the practice couple weeks ago where they didn't like his Wednesday practice. Okay. But at some point you got to acknowledge that he's playing better than your other interior linemen. And if you want to get your quarterback better, you play the better players in front of him. Yeah. Am I wrong there? No, no, no. If there's one bright side of Cody White here, I thought he's been playing. 
Have you thought he? What, what do your grades say? I yeah, think he's been no, good. He's I, been good. I, I agree. I thought he he was having a bounce back season. Um, actually playing very well. I had him up um, in long term starter category. Honestly, almost up to blue chip. Granted, it's still you know early in the season and things tend to flatten out over the over the course of the season, but. He was off to a great start, and then I'm trying to find where I had him. Uh, now, ESPN's pass block win rate metric, criticize it if you want, but that takes into account what happens within 2.5 seconds, right? They use the next-gen data that's in the shoulder pads or what have you. He's second in pass block win rate amongst guards. That checks out for me. Okay. Okay, yeah. that passes the eye test. Um, the 100% one on Sam Mustafer was a little bit more fishy. Right. I think the context there is always the 2.5 seconds for everybody listening at home. Okay. That's where their data comes from, and that's, you know, ball out, all that stuff. Um, Tevin Jenkins is no longer part of the rotation. That's what I'm getting at in terms of, like, a bright side. You don't want to lose Cody White here, but now Tevin Jenkins should be getting every single snap at right guard. Against the Giants, he was the Bears' best offensive lineman, not allowing a pressure, not allowing a hit. The other guys, they allowed a bunch. Uh, he he was the best of the of the offensive line against the Giants by far. Eye test, stats, whatever have you. I'm sure there's certain things that he missed. Some of those stunts, those those dog blitzes they had up uh, up up in the middle, but then the numbers seem to check out for for Devin Jenkins. He's he's honestly been playing. Uh, he's graded out as a long term starter for me. Granted, he hasn't been playing you know full games. It's the most he's played in a game so far this season. But um, I I'm encouraged by what I see from Tevin Jenkins on the field. So, like I said, something clearly behind the scenes has them not wanting to trust him more. But now they don't have a choice. So he's got to play. I don't know why it took an injury to make that happen, but um, and and I would also, depending on how they view Michael Schofield, um, let's not forget Jatire Carter's on the fifty-three man roster. That tells you that they like him. They didn't move him to the practice squad or try to get him there. I just at what point do you have to start looking at other combinations? I think every Bears fan wants to see Lucas Patrick at center. And it's not like he's dominating at guard right now. Is he better off? Is he, just forget Justin Fields for a second. Is he better off playing center? Will he play better for you if he's playing center? I don't know, but I think people want to know the answer to that question. Yeah. But then the question is, who do you play at guard? Uh, Meanwhile, it was good news that Cody Whitehair will not be out for the year. Not he didn't look f- good leaving the locker room, I'll tell you that. Just in terms of he had this huge brace on his entire leg. Yeah. Well, Stabilized that was probably the knee. precautionary. They had to get him home to Chicago. Yeah. Oh, it couldn't be a comfortable flight for that big guy with, a, no. with, your, with your leg extended like that. But, yes, doesn't sound like a trip to season-ending IR is in the cars for Cody Wayer, if you're going to believe Matt Eberflus. And again, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he hasn't lied too much as opposed to some other coaches who lie about injuries and what have you. Well, 
Like, Matt Eberflus is, is like, I'm just not going to answer that question, which, okay. It's right, better than say, lying. He, he avoids lying. He avoids lying. Um, I think, though, if you... Like, at what point does saying a guy is day-to-day for a month <laughs> qualify as lying? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I understand if you're going to do that with, like, soft tissue injuries, because those things could be... Hit or miss. You just saw that play out with Velas Jones, who had a setback. I think we established that in the last, yeah. last week that he definitely had a setback. But at least he's not saying that he has shin plints when in reality he's about to have surgery on his leg. Right. You know, I'm not an office it? coordinator. I'm not a defense coordinator. I'm not a special teams coordinator, but I coordinate all three. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Um, I'll bring up one more thing. Why'd you point at your head? John Fox. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> um, Corey Wooten, yesterday on the Monday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast, brought up some questions about Allen Williams' play calling on defense and already questioned whether or not Matt Eberflus should take that off, take that on. And I think it is worth monitoring going forward. Um, I've been on record that I prefer my head coaches to not have to deal with play calling duties because I think it's better overall for the football team and the game management that is needed during the game. But it has been a little concerning to me a about the lack of adjustments at times or how slow it takes to adjust defensively. So I think it is worth monitoring and just point out that his defensive coordinator um, history goes back to the Vikings in 2012 and 2013. Other than that, like he doesn't have a ton of experience being a defensive coordinator. Which is also one way to look at that is like he needs some time to work it out, get more reps, get more games under his belt. Maybe there's some of that. I'm sure that Maddie Refluse is still heavily involved in yeah. what's I, going I, on. I'm going to come out in defensive Allen Williams a little bit. Okay. I think what you had was Brian Dable recognizing, oh, we got two rookies on the same side of the field. You're going to give Dable the credit, not Mike Kafka? Okay, both. <laughs> I thought Kafka 
Yes. He, well, he's the one calling the plays. Well, what I just loved about what Kafka did was like, okay, they can't stop what we're doing. Let's just keep running the same two plays. Yes. So they obviously ID ID something there. You had Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon on the same side of the defense, and they got beat both on those naked bootleg touchdowns. Like they weren't even close. It was the same play. Yes, it was. And it virtually, and the two rookies virtually did the same thing. And you heard Matty Berfus say, sometimes these rookies just need to have these moments. They need to experience this. Jaquan Brisker stayed with the tight end too long. It is what it is. Sometimes you got, again, in, a, in Allen Williams' defense, you got two rookies in the secondary. You have an underachieving free agent signee in Muhammad. You have your... B decision at three technique defensive tackle after Larry Ogunjobi didn't get the job. You have an underperforming middle linebacker in Nicholas Morrow. You got another rookie off the edge, fifth round pick, former quarterback in Dominic Rabbis. You just have what you have. You coach him up the the best to to your ability, <laughs> really. I don't have time to look this up, but I'm um probably something I should already know too. But when he was, when Alan Williams was the defensive coordinator in Minnesota, um, Leslie Frazier was the head coach. And I, is it possible Leslie Frazier was calling defensive plays? Well, at the very least, you have the same dynamic yeah. with Matt Eberflus. Where he's heavily involved. It's not his show. Yeah, it's not like when Vic Fangio was the defense coordinator for Matt Nagy, where he's basically got full autonomy to run the defense. Correct. So, I, I'm not there. I'm just I'm just bringing up something that Corey Wooten said. I I think, and I think it's fair to question. You know, and I also think it's 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 a great point and fair to bring up the youth on that defense. I just get concerned, John, sometimes when I see very basic things, like. It shouldn't have been too hard to adjust to what the Giants were doing in that game. <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking about rocket science here and, and, and like a crazy I, I, offense I, with Patrick Mahomes out there. I, I did think that because like that naked bootleg play is such like a forget high school football these days because high school football is so spread heavy now. Yeah. But like grammar school, Pop Warner football, where it's. Where the coach knows he can get the all the eyes in the wrong place. You know, you run the ball a few times. Now the kids are all keying on the run, especially if you got like a good running back back there. They're all keying on the big kid. They can run hard, and then you just do the naked boot because everybody's cheating on the run. Get some blocking down the field, but you got touchdowns. Well, there there is that feel to it, absolutely. And the adjustment is right there in front of you. It's what teams have done to your quarterback since week one. They have that boot covered on Justin Fields now. It's part of the problem Luke Getzey's having on offense right now. And, and, and so that's what I mean by like, I get that there's young players out there and that is a fair excuse slash reason. But. It wasn't that complicated what the Giants were doing. It really wasn't. You know what I noticed, too, a couple times? Um, they were getting to the line of scrimmage early enough that the headset was still on, and you could tell that you know Daniel Jones is at the 
literally at the line of scrimmage like this, getting oh, a check. But before it goes out, yeah. Yeah, because they could already read the defense. It's almost like college where you then you check to the sideline and you get the play that you're actually going to run once they see how the defense lines up. Like That's harder to do in the NFL, but you do have the headset system, and he was doing that. So, Smart operation. Smart coaching. Brian Dayball, Mike Kafka. We talked about it last week. Yeah, what could the have parallels been. between these two franchises? It'll be interesting to watch over time. See, I understand it looks bad after this week. About the burp here, excuse me, coffee burp coming. Oh boy! But I'm not going to get too over. Like no, it's, it's been four not, games. It's not overanalyze this. But in two years, I still think we'll be looking at the Giants. Yes, the, the Giants. Yeah, just like we did the 49ers. The Giants are very similar to the Bears. Extremely. They still have to make the decision at quarterback. Yeah, they may have beaten the Bears with Daniel Jones, but next year I don't think Daniel Jones is on that team. Probably not. And you could tell the way that they were running things offensively. They don't trust him. They they lost. the The Giants did to the Bears what the Bears did to the Texans last week. Eight completions, seventy one passing yards, or whatever it is, just run the ball down their throats the entire game. They're not that good. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one difference is the Giants puts the hell out of Justin Fields. Yeah, well, there's that. Beat him up pretty good. Which is maybe another adjustment the Bears need. Although, you know, they did do... Uh, the Bears did do more run blitzing in that game. With Eddie Jackson? Yeah, they started bringing Eddie Jackson downhill. Um, that was an old-school football game. And you watch some of these formations, it's like... Nine-man boxes. Can you not run into a nine-man box, by the way, on third and two? Twice in that game? And then they like they condense things further, too. They're like In one of those plays, they, they motion uh, St. Brown in. Yeah. So now there's like feels like there's like 30 guys in the box. I think well, Larry Borum lost poorly in one of those third-down runs, though. The, it, well, yeah, the third and two at the end. Yeah, full, he actually got up to the lay. second level and then completely whiffed. But but this gets back to in-game adjustments, Johns. So, and it was another question I asked Eberflus yesterday when it came to the punting decision. You know, it's great you got the stop, but I wanted to know about the logic of thinking you were going to get the stop when you hadn't stopped the run the entire game. And so I get you going to condensed formations. You know you're bringing in more of the defense. You're going to run in some heavy boxes that way. Because you just have more bodies in there. And your thinking is, okay, we'll block them. Right? We got a hat on a hat. We, you know, we'll 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 just block them. But were you were you paying attention to the game? Those interior linemen weren't playing well. And and so that 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 again I think raises some questions just about like understanding what's happening in this game that you are coaching. You're in talking right about now. his decision to to kick it in the final two minutes. Well, I was talking about that to begin with, but what I'm talking about now is you, the play before that, when it's third and two. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. All and right. you run into a nine-man box when, yes, you think you have the numbers, but in reality, those numbers haven't been playing that well. Yeah, yeah. Should anybody be surprised that one, and I think there's actually a couple uh, questionable blocks on that play, but did you really think you were going to go like block up all nine guys in that box on that play to get two yards? No, you just, you're just hoping the ground out two and a half yards. 
And that's where things just get so conservative. I Again, this goes back to a couple decisions we talked about the week before. When are you going to give your quarterback a chance? I think the Bears missed David Montgomery a bit. Yeah, I do situations. too. I, do I, too. I, I want to put that out there as much as I just wrote an article saying how Khalil Herbert fits the Bears offense. And I still believe that. But when Trestor Ebner came in, I saw a lack of patience. Like that two-yard loss where he tried to spring it outside when he probably should have, as Matt Eberflus would say, to use his words, you know, probably press the line a little bit and wait for those lanes to develop on that outside zone, zone scheme. I know what players are talking about, and I would also add to that, even if you do keep it outside, I think Khalil Herbert gets two yards instead of losing two yards. Two. Okay, yeah. So David Montgomery was going through pregame workout. I think that's a good sign. Tough player, tough mindset. A guy who still embodies what you want to be offensively. Maybe a week or two away. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, good stuff as we break down this loss. Appreciate all the voicemails that came in. Um, We will be back Thursday to preview another game. Things are going to speed up here because you got the Vikings Sunday and then bam, you're playing Washington at home next Thursday. So, um, we're going to have two games coming up here real fast. The Vikings are an interesting team. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll break down. They're 3-1. and one. They have some holes. Um, but we'll, we'll save all that for uh, Thursday's preview episode for this Bears and Vikings game. A rare early October trip to Minnesota. Yep. It's like the first time in 16 years or something. And I'm not going. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Got some family stuff to take care of this weekend. This is one of those trips I actually am going to miss because, uh, you know, all my family that I lives do, up there. Yeah, I mean, that stadium is is beautiful. Yeah. But what are you going to do? I did not miss going to New Jersey. as a, what, what did Bob call it? What did Bob Dabrowski call it? The uh, trash can of America? <laughs> <laughs> my can one- we be honest? When you fly into Newark and just drive... With you know, I love New York City. That's not what we're talking about. Like you go into New York City, everything's fine. But when you just fly into Newark and take an Uber to MetLife Stadium, just that drive past all those factories and steel and concrete, it's just like it's gloomy. You know what's not gloomy anymore? LaGuardia Airport. Oh, LaGuardia is amazing. That place spectacular. Was that your first time there? Since the, like, we went there like four years ago when yeah. all the construction was going on, like getting a cab or an Uber was painful because you had to like walk into traffic. Oh, that, that, was, that was, that was a rare airport that was worse than O'Hare. Yes, but they were like working, at, they, they kept it open while they worked on it. But now you, like I got off the plane, I, I was like blown away. I'm like, holy crap. The one thing with that, did you see the fountain that yeah. comes down? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well so when, done. Well done. When I when I took James, uh, we went and saw the White Sox play the Yankees in May. Um, I had forgotten because you know it's been so many years and the pandemic and all this. I had forgotten that they were even working on LaGuardia. And we landed. I got off the plane. I thought we were at the wrong airport. <laughs> I was like, "What away. the hell is this?" It blows you away. It, it's it, it, yeah. They did a tremendous job. So shout out to New York. It smells good. <laughs> Think about that. It's like the nicest airport I've ever been at. It is. And it I is. never would have thought that. Just like LaGuardia, Boston you... Logan actually like redoing the United Terminal. 
moving up our airport rankings. Like O'Hare's got a soft spot for me because it's just so convenient, but they got some work to do. Oh, O'Hare sucks. Like, can we stop with the 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 flat buckets of plastic that you know get the dripping water out of the roof? Right. <laughs> can we fix that? No, no, you can't fix that. You you have to walk three miles every time your flight comes in at ten thirty at night. You're always in the last gate. Yeah. Yeah, although I, I will say this time when we landed from our where our plane landed from LaGuardia, we got like right off the plane, and you're at that one gate uh, on the B concourse where you 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 walk out the jet bridge, and like right away is like the stairs down to the baggage claim. Oh, that's nice. So it was pretty convenient. The seasoned travelers out there that are listening know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I just well, you flew back Monday morning, right? Correct. Yeah. It's the late night flights. I swear, if you come in late, you always end up at the last freaking gate. <laughs> yeah. And you walk through an empty airport for what seems like 15 minutes. It's true. Just to get to, uh, you know, your car. But, all right. Follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Um, I like what you did yesterday, too, with the gifts. Bears yeah, Twitter. We'll, yeah, we'll keep doing that. That's good gotta stuff. Gotta have fun. People gotta... Football should be fun for a little bit. I'm gonna have fun. I do think this offseason is gonna be fun regardless. Oh, it's gonna be busy. So, at least we got that to look forward to. They're 2-2, two and two, by the way. They're still a 500 football team. Like the entire NFC West. Yes, that's true. I just we did this yesterday. Maybe we can do this Thursday. I started going through the schedule though, and because you adjust and you see how whose team, which teams are actually good, which teams are not. I was struggling to find five more wins to get to the over, over six and a half. I landed on four. Well, games like this against the Giants change your perception because that's a win. It's that's one you you count to get that over. Yeah, the Giants aren't that good, but the Giants felt the same way against the Bears, right? It's true. Like. They were it's like, true. "This is this is a game you got to win." So speaking and of gifts, you got that Spider-Man one, right? Where they're pointing at each other. Yep, the supplies here. They're very very similar franchises, and the Giants got the win, so good for them. Um, all right, we're out of here. Uh, make sure you are reading Johnsy on the Athletic, theathletic.com/slash Hogan Johns. You can find me at allchgo.com. Bear Sings newsletter in your inbox tomorrow morning if you're signed up for it, and uh, make sure you check out our merch at Obvious Shirts. Dot com hoodies, winter hats, all types of things for you as the weather starts. It's been cold. What the hell's going on? Don't we usually like get some warm weather in the fall? Although today's supposed to be pretty. Today's nice. supposed to be nice. Friday's supposed to be cold, but next week looks in the seventies. Yeah, Friday night looks like a cold game. Yes, We've got Marmy and Academy Friday night. Rebounding. Gotta get a win, Johnsy. Gotta get a win. All right, we're out of here. We'll talk to you Thursday. Yeah. Jesse, you freaking moron!